that was a scene that I had written and rewritten and written and rewritten and written and rewritten right up until when we shot it. And Noah was in the car riding to set to shoot the scene. And I was having a panic attack, like rewriting the scene. Those are the moments for me where I feel like this is an opportunity that I have that a lot of people do not have to tell the fragility uh, to, or to depict the fragility of, the, of, of those sort of early days of realizing your sexuality and I didn't want to do it a disservice and I wanted it to feel authentic and I wanted people who had gone through a similar process to see something in it that connected to them in a real way. Welcome to EW's Binge. I'm Shana Naomi Crockmall. And I'm Patrick Gomez. We are binging our way through an entire show we love with one podcast episode focused on each season. And today we are talking about season three of Schitt's Creek, which originally aired on the CBC and Pop TV uh, and now can be streamed on Netflix. And joining <laughs> us to answer all of our burning questions and freakouts is co-creator <laughs> and star Dan Levy. Hi, everybody. Hi, Hi, Dan. I've just gone three seasons without acknowledging your beautiful sweatshirt. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, well, I it's, love a good now we can situation. talk about it because it's not really going to be a spoiler oh, yeah. if you've watched it's, season three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah there we yeah, go. Now we can is the time perfect. Exactly. You just, it was, it was I knew instinctively that I, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I love it. It did come actually full, like, uh, David size. Like, if I stand up and, like, let it go, it will come down <laughs> to, like, my knees. Is this so official it's, or unofficial? It's official. It's, official. it's like, got, it's like, got the tag from, if like, If you're pop listening and, and not oh, watching, yeah, Patrick's yeah. wearing an extra large? a Rose Apothecary no sweatshirt. Yes, I have a Rose Apothecary okay. sweatshirt on that I've been waiting to wear. I was, like, almost going to do it for Halloween last year. I see. And then uh, I ended up not, and so I figured to, this we was We share the, a similar brow. No, yes, yes. Yeah. No, totally. I had it all. I had it <laughs> I had it all planned, so maybe next, maybe next year. <laughs> and that's not really a spoiler, since we're trying to keep our spoilers to season, to season three, three or before. Yeah. We'll see how well that works. Yes. I feel like we're going to get all mixed up with with various relationships as we mm-hmm. go from here. Um, all right, so um, season three, I feel like becomes a little bit of a turning point for a lot of people come into the start watching the season in season three. Yeah. And but before we get into all the details of it, can you recap season three for us in 30 seconds? Um, I've been doing a really good job. I think you can do it. Okay, I'm trying to think of what I know what happens to me. Are you ready? I'm ready. Go. Season two ended with the family realizing that they actually loved each other for the first, first <laughs> vocalizing it for the first time. So there is an there is an undercurrent now of of a tenderness with this family, and season three really builds on that, extracting um, the love and the joy out of this family. I think we've been in this town now for quite some time, so season three is really a celebration and an exploration of what it means to accept your surroundings and uh, and open yourself up. There you go. Look at oh, you. If you are not good. watching this on video, yes. you should because his face is when he successfully <laughs> does this so is hard. fantastic. I'm such a competitive person <laughs> that the click countdown clock, I'm like, oh, like gotta get it done. It. You did it. No, you did great. That's the vaguest description of our season. I've okay. Done yet. But now we're going to deep dive. We'll so do a fine. few specifics. Great. All right. So jumping right in, we uh, start with a, a bang. I'm so sorry I said that. That's not where I meant to go. But we start with Jake basically oh, coming yeah, out of the. Oh, yeah, we do start with a bang. Yeah, we go right into here is this half naked guy. Who is hanging out for some afternoon delight? And despite your entire family coming in to um, interrupt slash witness this, he doesn't ever excuse himself to go to the bathroom to put his clothes back on. He's just happy to meet everyone. Who uh, played by Steve Lund? Played by Steve Lund. Oh my god! 
Oh, my God. Alexis, this is Jake. We seem to have caught the boys in, in a... an afternoon delight. Is that term still a no, going that's... thing? Oh, no. Never say that again. Don't do that. Um, David, I thought we agreed only when nobody was home. Nobody was home. Oh, nobody was home. Here it is. <laughs> nice to meet you, Jacob. If you take half as much care of our son as you do your physique, okay. David should be in very good hands. Yes, well, not, not your hands, mm -hmm. but uh, generally yeah. speaking. Bye. Well, I hope it was worth it. Very funny character who seemingly has no shame at all None. about who he is, what he wants. Um, he is an incredibly sort of sexually fluid character that has now been with Stevie and myself and has proposed that we all be together, um, which I think for, the, for, for Stevie and I in our history was just not the right fit. Mm -hmm. Exploring a thruple with your best friend I don't think is the healthiest way to go, but for those of you that have, congratulations. To be clear, you were going to go on a date with him knowing that he had just broken up with me? No, I wasn't. Uh, you showed up for the day. No, I didn't. You're literally here in the restaurant. Because I was going to tell him that I was breaking up with him. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, fine. But if it makes you feel any better, nobody hates me more than me, generally speaking. Fair enough. I would have done the same thing. How many people did you have to define throuple for during like the process? Of a lot of people, including my dad. And it was like, oh, how did you explain it to your dad? Well, it was like three people coexisting together in a relationship, which is great if you can make it work. I think for the for these best friends, this was not the right equation. This would not help serve them in a positive way. Um, yeah, I know one person that's in one that's completely happy. I know a couple people sure. and you know, I, I also know a couple people that have gotten out of them and it's <laughs> crashed and burned, um, but ever, to each their own. Um, so for this character to, to come along and uh, you know, he, David's still seeing this person after, I think season two we had. Yeah, you, did you plant the seed knowing that if you came yes. back, or did you already know? I guess that's another question. Did you know you were coming back for season three by the end of season two? I think we had a good indication. Um, and so the seed was planted intentionally. The seed was planted intentionally. So season three I think is David and Stevie with mm -hmm. Jake mm -hmm. and what that means. So they have to negotiate this throuple potential and mm -hmm. realize that they, they are gonna put their friendship first. Um, but yeah, it's a very sexy way to open the show. Uh, fortunately, Steve, I guess, goes to the gym. I don't know. It looked great. <laughs> um, and it was very funny. And, uh, and yeah. I feel like this is also, you get into that sort of small town dilemma where it's just like, how many people can you date? There's oh just yeah, like, I mean, you like go through that met pool most of people yeah, real fast. All, all at the same time, mm -hmm. separately, like everyone's ex has slept with someone else. Mm -hmm. Like David's barely even been in this town that long and yeah. you're kind of already run out of options. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Alexis has also dated her way through yes. like the other half of the well, guy. Well, I think when you're, in panic mode, yeah. when you're in panic mode, you just do whatever you can <laughs> to, to not be lonely. Um, and it's it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. I like also. I feel like this show has a lot of very traditional relationships, and the sort of like like Johnny and Moira's love story yeah. is like really deep and really sincere, mm -hmm. and they know each other so well. And yeah. but then you also have these 
moments between like Roland and Jocelyn where there's something unexpected and weird and kinky like yeah. what they're into. And he, you I don't think that really was Blouse Barn where we discussed their the role playing yeah. of Devil Wears yeah. Prada. Yeah. Uh, and then their massage right. situation later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The show holds like a lot of these like very like traditional relationships and untraditional relationships at the mm-hmm. same time. Which and is everyone a, which is, is very calm about all of it. To show everything. I yeah. Um, and to not have any sort of judgment yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like it helps you not fall into that sitcom-y trap of like everyone has to just get upset about things all the time for the yeah. sake of being upset. Yeah. And I think relationship stuff is often used as that mm. sort of crutch where it's like, oh, well, I'd have to be jealous. I, and I find people's be... excitability to be very funny. How <laughs> people get excited about things and what that means to them is is uh, is very funny. And there's our family is very excitable. <laughs> They get excited about a lot of things. That is very true. Dad, what did you do to my paper? I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything with your paper. Your laptop was open. I did a little editing, nothing major. I have been accused of plagiarism. What? Yeah, Jocelyn thought I cheated because someone used words like duplexity and back towards. Untoward. Whatever. And now I have to do the whole thing again when my original paper was totally fine. Well, it wasn't totally fine, honey. There was questionable grammar and a few spelling mistakes, and I mean... Dad! All right, I'll back off. Thank you. Just out of curiosity, did she happen to say anything about that quote from Lee Iacocca? And we get some parental sabotage in the, or sort of in that ongoing growth, right? So we mm-hmm. have Johnny who insists on rewriting Alexis's paper when she goes back to yes. high school. Yeah. Um, whether she really wants him to or not. Yeah, so really I think knows. this season was what we were building with. I mean, the intention of the show from the very beginning would be that if we got the opportunity, season after season would peel back the layers on these characters and open them up to what they really want and what means something to them outside of what they've become accustomed to. So season three, we finally have gotten to a point where Alexis has, she's defaulted to all of these different things and they haven't really worked out and she now goes back to school. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Um, and we realized that she had never technically graduated high school and she now has to go and get her degree uh, in high school. And Annie played those scenes so beautifully because again, it was never really... We didn't want to make fun of that because that pe- that's not something to make fun of. That is just a reality. People do. Mm-hmm. People have gone through that every day. Um, but the vulnerability she showed in the process and how she went in there thinking that she was going to be the cool girl in school, which is what she's always been, and and then for a moment, being made to feel like maybe I'm not, and then in the end she was. So here's the thing about Marie Antoinette. Even though I love to eat cake, I think I'd be pretty annoyed with her myself. I do see your hand up, Alexis. It's just that you probably haven't had a chance to catch up. Okay, it's just that she never actually said, let them eat cake. Um, well, that depends on who you ask. Mm, well, I asked Kirsten Dunst, who played her in the movie. 
Um, that line was actually written years before Marie Antoinette allegedly said it. And um, Kirsten also told me at the premiere that she was jealous of my bangs. Thank you for that contribution to the discussion. Yeah, uh, she still has that confidence. That but it also like, showed someone there. who realized, yeah. like, I have to do the building blocks now. Mm -hmm. I have to, like, start work from the beginning to get to where I want to be, mm -hmm. which is such a lovely... I think Alexis is so, has been so well-intentioned, and she really is a joyful person who just wants the best for herself and everyone around her. I mean, she's disturbingly self-involved. <laughs> but there's a charm to it because she really... Yeah. She really cares, uh, mainly about herself, but also sometimes about the people around her. Mm -hmm. So the high school storylines were really funny to play, her going back and getting this degree and what it means. And I think the little wins, again, going back to sort of selectively ch choosing when to, to get a win for each of our characters. I mean, the fact that she gets her diploma, that she graduates, um, which is what the season builds towards. Um, is a genuine thing. Mm -hmm. This is a family that was not around for their kids' high school graduations, or in their case, they thought they were, but she wasn't there. So they had flown to Europe where they had put her up in a boarding school, gone to the graduation, and not noticed their daughter was not part of the well, ceremony. It's very long. And Johnny even has a photo that's not her. Not her. Not, not her. her, but my favorite, my favorite lines from that are, are um, uh, you went to Switzerland. Per you didn't graduate in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. That's not my fault from your character. And then um, when you tell Alexis, uh, <laughs> um, I already went to your other graduation. It's not my fault you weren't there. Yeah, yeah. that's how they operate. Yeah. Um, and so it was great to start exploring that path for Alexis because that is really the trajectory that she will stay on for the rest mm -hmm. of the show. Um, Self-exploration and putting herself first and realizing that she's, she's, she, want, she has to work for what she wants and, and the validation that comes with that, the validation that comes with not having things handed to you on a silver platter. Uh, that was really sweet. Um, and then halfway through the season, we introduce the character of Patrick uh, played by the great Noah Reed. You should see my notes when we got here literally just devolve into me writing Patrick's name over right. and over Which again. Which when we were looking at the notes <laughs> together was very confusing for me as a Patrick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> very like, confusing. So yeah. Be before we get to Patrick though, I do have yeah. to ask about Alexis. Sure. Her backstories. My turn. Um, okay. My eyes are brown. I am basically sample size. And one time I escaped from a Thai drug lord's car trunk by bribing him with sex. Right idea, honey, but you know what? It's gotta be more challenging for Her everybody in the room. Aqua. You did what? Where did Alexis come from? <laughs> She's always been involved in the darkest sort of sort of like high intrigue political crises. Um, she's just been an international, and I think part of it came from like the socialite world, where you're like, she's dating who now? He's mm -hmm. like the czar's son from some sort of like Russian oligarch thing, and suddenly they're trapped in a. The fact that Alexis has been like trapped in palaces, places, and like somehow, man, oh, David sending her passports and fake IDs and colored contact lenses. Mm -hmm. um, she's had a colorful past, and I think it's in a way it's such a lovely part of her character because she's endured so much, and it's unfazed her. God, ever since David left, you two have been so dramatic. Do I have to remind you of the time that I was taken hostage on David Geffen's yacht by Somali pirates for a week and nobody answered my texts? I had just had my eyelashes dyed. Everything was cloudy. 
I mean, ultimately, we realize David almost is more scarred by all of those experiences than she is. Well, that I think he like still has this kind of concern for her. Yeah. Yeah. And sh- and sh- and she doesn't quite understand it. I think that was season three, I guess, when he said, "I care." Yeah. When she's talking about like, why do you care so much, or, or yeah. why did why does it matter? And he was like, because I was the person that always had to like worry about you. Yeah. Um, which again, those mo- those rare moments of sort of intimacy and, and sentimentality yeah. are, are are really lovely to to play and to write. Um, yeah. So, but now Patrick. Okay. But now Patrick. Let's talk about Patrick's. It's a good idea. Your business, rebranding local products and crafts, it's very inventive. Thanks. And I like the name, Rose Apothecary. You know, it's it's just pretentious enough. Would we call that pretentious or timeless? How did you find Noah Reed? I knew Noah before. I okay. knew him socially. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine in the process was like, I think Noah would be a good person to, to see for this. And uh, I had known that he was a musician as well and, and a really solid actor and he came in and auditioned and it was just no questions asked. Like, this is this is it. Do you do like a chemistry test when you're casting no. for a love interest against yourself? It was just like you're talking. We didn't talking. have time. Because I was so deep in the writing process and acting, and you know, we we cast him halfway through the season, so we were shooting the show while we were hiring this mm-hmm. character. Do you mm-hmm. write everything before you guys start? We try to, yeah. For the most part, we know what our season's going to look like. And then he came in, and uh, he didn't really have any idea what the character was going to be or the extent with which he would be used. Uh, and we didn't either. We sort of thought if it works, great. I think we, I know the stories that I want to tell, and the intention. Like, if it works, great. Like this is it for seasons in it, a row, or did you even like how far out did you sort of envision that this character would? I be thought that David needed a relationship because he had been so scarred and so he's so sort of fragile when it comes to love and his backstory too of like the constant misfortune of his dating life and how he just anybody and everybody that he brought home eventually sort of like used and abused him so for me it was really important to start revealing a side of the character of David that trusted or at least began to trust and that meant someone who really liked him for who he was as as shocking as that was for him at first Uh, and Noah what he brings to that character is such a stability and a sense of calm and there's such polar opposites. And yet I think what originally attracted Patrick to David in a social capacity was the intrigue of, of like, who is this strange unicorn person that I've never <laughs> seen because he's come from not a huge city and the kinds of people that he's explored in his day-to-day life were never this, mm-hmm. wasn't this train wreck. Um, and I think, so we wrote him in and, uh, and they were going to be business partners, and that that f- that slowly developed into something. And I I had always intended for the character to not know, really have a, a firm grasp on his sexual orientation, uh, but knew there was a curiosity, and slowly sort of reveal reveal that side to himself, or or at least have him be put in touch with those sort of impulses. Uh, and slowly but surely we built this relationship up as the store was being built. So not only do they, are they forced to sort of work together after Patrick elects 
to help David in his journey because he clearly has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> but there's something more to it that I think made Patrick want to be around David and uh, getting to write that slow burn was so fun and so rewarding. Uh, and it led to um, the intimacy of their relationship and sort of the confusion, which I think sort of tees up our final episode of season three, uh, which is the revelation that there's, there's more to this than, than David had assumed. I um, was just calling to run my business plan uh, by you in a little more detail. So feel free to give me a call back and I will be happy to walk you through it. Okay, ciao. Ciao. I said ciao to that person. Hi, Patrick. Yeah, I think I, I think I called you David, which that's not, that's not your name. You can just delete that text, the, the, the voicemail that I left you. How was it filming that voicemail scene? Uh, it was fun. It was challenging. And I write, I think the, for me, it's, it's like I'll always write things and be like, oh, I think this is a funny scene and then forget that I have to play it. <laughs> um, and to do a huge sort of monologue on a voicemail trying to like stoned, I got there and was like, oh shit. Okay, well, we'll try and get through this. And, uh, and it was okay. I mean, we, the beauty of editing and uh, I, you know, I well, sort of very well. you look stumbled very, through it. You look, I would say your stoned look is up there with well, Catherine's drunk. Thank like, you so much. Really That's a lot of like powder in my eyes that like made them really glassy. Amazing. I wish that I could say yeah. it was wholly my acting <laughs> chops, but there was a lot that went into it. We were debating, we were like, do you think he got high? <laughs> Well, it was just like it was a very perfect season like, one when we mess. went to the I shouldn't be saying no, that. yes you but should. when we went to the uh, <laughs> tailgate party the last take I'm doing these keg stands <laughs> and the last take I was like just put the beer in and I did a full keg stand with real beer and, uh, and kept going. it was a very cold night and it kept me warm there you the go right home Who's blanket um, yeah so the, you know and we we built up to the scene at the end of our season where um, Patrick and David kiss, and uh, it's 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 a rare moment in our show because I think it played quite. It was without humor, and yet the humor was sort of there in in the background, sort of watching with a smile, um, and the understanding I think from David that his impulses were to always think this person is not interested, and it took Stevie saying, "I think I'm crashing a date." Oh, no. No, no. He thinks you guys were here one-on-one. -on -one. He bought you a present. I didn't even get you a present. No, I noticed that. Do you want me to look? No, I don't want you to look. Okay, I'll just say this. If there is anything remotely sentimental in here, he is on a date with you right now. But he's not even sure it's a date. Like He, has he doesn't no... know it's a date. It's his birthday, and the guy he thought the guy was sort of like charity yeah, offering to have some dinner uh, and it wasn't until Stevie his family forgot because his family forgot who Stevie says you know if he gets you a gift that means something it's like he's he's into you and and obviously David sort of opens the gift and it was a framed receipt from the first sale at their store together and and David sort of knows in that moment that there's something going on and uh, and Stevie sort of gives him the thumbs thumbs up which I thought was a really fun <laughs> And lovely choice. I mean, I never wanted conflict 
I, between those friends in terms of like jealousy. I find jealousy to be such a sort of off-putting character trait. Mm -hmm. The fact that Stevie, knowing what they had gone through, sort of the complications of their relationships as friends and lovers, that she could put that aside and sort of put him first was really n nice and important for me in terms of revealing that side of the character because she is so hard. Uh, and then uh, that sort of led to the scene in the car where, pa where Patrick tells David that he is glad that they ended up connecting. And that was a scene that I had written and rewritten and written and rewritten and written and rewritten right up until when we shot it. And Noah was in the car riding to set to shoot the scene. And I was having a panic attack, like rewriting the scene. It's something about it never worked. Thank you. For what? Um, I've never done that before with a guy. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I was getting a little scared that I was going to let you leave here without us having done that. So um, thank you for um, making that happen for us. Well, um, fortunately, I am a very generous person. I called a friend of mine and we started commiserating over like the coming out experience because that was really, that those are the moments for me where I feel like this is an opportunity that I have that a lot of people do not have to tell the fragility uh, to, or to depict the fragility of, of, of those sort of early days of realizing your sexuality and I didn't want to do it a disservice and I wanted it to feel authentic and I wanted people who had gone through a similar process to see something in it that connected to them in a real way. And originally we had scripted it that Patrick kissed David. And part of the struggle for me was I, it never, it didn't feel real and it, 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 I had to stop and think about my own first in, experiences when I was in, interested in, in guys and what that meant and I, I sort, it sort of dawned on me that he shouldn't be the one that kisses David, that David is the one with the experience and Patrick is a character that has been incredibly confident this whole time but wouldn't it be amazing and service the character and the experience if he sort of, everything he was doing was to try and get this guy's attention. And when it came down to that so moment where it, it mattered, yeah. he just couldn't do it because he was scared. And David had to be the one that helped him through it. And then we, and then as soon as I, I reshifted that scene, everything fell into place. Patrick's conversation about, thank you for doing that for us. Cause I wasn't gonna, I was gonna let you, I didn't want to let you leave without that happening. Um, and it was, it worked. And Noah played it so beautifully. And uh, it was, it, it has become one of those sort of like touchstone moments in our show where I feel like people who had come to the show as a comedy were starting to realize like there's more stories to be told, which was always the case. You just have to earn those stories season after season, so. Did you try shooting it any of the different ways? No. Just that, once you I, landed on that, you were like, I dictated it. the dialogue to him <laughs> while he was in the car and he started writing it down so that by the time we got to set, we started to rehearse this, the new version of the scene. Uh, and I knew once we started rehearsing it that it felt right. Uh, well, it was a beautiful way to end that season. Thanks. Oh. I was, I was I'm just gonna go watch it right now. I know, <laughs> it was a lot. All right. 
That's season three I, of Shit's Creek. That's season three of Shit's Creek. Old notes. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to EW's Binge. Thank you, Dan, Thank for joining you. us, spilling all of the secrets. Yeah, and you can check out actual video of these uh, discussions on EW.com. <laughs> Make see Dan's fantastic faces. <laughs> um, and uh, and my sweater. Um, <laughs> and exactly. uh, make sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Comment there. Let us know your favorite moments from the season. If we didn't get to talk about them, uh, we can keep that conversation going. You can find me at Patrick Gomez LA. I'm at Shana Naomi. You should find Dan on Instagram. Yes. Instead. At InstaDanJLevy. There you go. Yeah. All right. And uh, catch up if you haven't. You can come back and talk to hear what we have to say, what Dan has to say about season four of Shit's Creek when we come back. Thank you.